Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Last year in Ontario, 102 people died in fatal house fires, which was the worst year since 2008. The numbers here in Hamilton, uh, by the way, are just as troubling. And uh, something has to be done here. Well, Global News has looked into this, and uh, Brian Hill, who's an associate producer for Global News, uh, has done extensive research on this, and he joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, give us some perspective on this. Brian, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. What motivated you to get involved in this? I mean, obviously, when you look at these statistics, this is this is mind-boggling that the numbers are this high. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess the motivation just comes from the fact that despite all the messaging uh, despite everybody being told and knowing that smoke alarms save people's lives and that fires are deadly, it just ha- hasn't seemed to sink in. So I guess that was the motivation. Um, and you're right, the numbers are very high. So last year, 102 fatalities in Ontario, um, 73 separate uh, fires. And uh, in Hamilton, uh, there were 11 fatalities, as, as many people know. Uh, but what a lot of people might not know is that's the worst in Hamilton since 1986, 30 years uh, since the city had seen that many uh, deaths as a result of, how, of, of fires. There's so many different aspects to this, uh, and I, I'm sure that as, as you uncovered more data, it, it became even more troubling. The numbers themselves, as, as we just discussed, are, are eye-opening. But you'd think it's 2017, and, and you think, to put this in, in perspective, and maybe even historical perspective, Brian, uh, you know, back in the day, I mean, at Christmas time, for instance, Christmas lights actually, there were no Christmas lights. People used to put candles on them. Or, or you know, when they started using Christmas lights, things would get overheated, and, and that would cause fires, and those were terrible. But through the rest of the year, you'd figure, well, not so much. Uh, and But in this time, in this era, in 2017, why are we having so many fires in the first place? I want to talk about the, the, the smoke alarm thing in a second, but the, the, the concern, because I know you've talked to the fire marshal's office and others about this, about the number of fires that are starting, and, and that's, that's troubling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no doubt that there are fewer fires and <clears throat> and fewer fatalities than there were, say, 30 or 40 yeah. years ago. Uh, but one of the problems is is that fires today are far, far more deadly. There's far more potential uh, for catastrophe, and that's due to the nature of the materials in your home. So a fire today will burn up to eight times faster than it did 50 years ago. Not only that... The, the the smoke from fires today is far more toxic, right? We're not talking about burning a television set that's made 95% of wood like they used to be. They're now made of plastics and synthetics, as is everything else in your home. And, and the, for the number of fires, I mean... Uh, the main cause of, of house fires in Ontario is still undete- unattended cooking or cigarettes. Uh, so people smoke carelessly smoking and perhaps falling asleep, and that cigarette uh, uh, causes something to catch fire, and then poof, before you know it, like I say, a pillow made of synthetics, that burns very, very quick, and then your whole house will go with it. I know you talked uh, in the story that uh, that you filed for us for Global News here about the LeBanc family and, and the terrible tragedy of the loss of life that occurred there. That was a kitchen fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And uh, so the, the, the reported cause of fire there was an unattended pot of oil. Uh, so that fire c- could have been prevented. Uh, and, and what's worse is that like seven, uh, like six of the other, uh, or sorry, last year, seven of 11 fatalities in Hamilton were in homes that did not have smoke alarms. And that's true of the LeBlanc family as well. So the fire could have been prevented, but then 
on top of that, you know, having a home without a smoke alarm, without working smoke alarms, is the equivalent of driving down the highway at 150 kilometers an hour without wearing a seatbelt. You know, you want to avoid accidents, but when they happen, you need to have that last line of defense, and that's what smoke alarms are. So in this case, there were no smoke alarms, so they didn't have that warning, and unfortunately, three people lost their lives, including, uh, you know, uh, two children, a nine-year-old boy and an 18-month-old girl. Brian, your analogy about the seatbelts is, I think, very apt here, uh, because it's the law that you're supposed to wear a seatbelt. It's also the law that you're supposed to have a a smoke alarm, isn't it? It is, and not just a smoke alarm. I mean, in Ontario, the law is very clear. You need to have smoke alarms on every level of your home. You must also have them outside each sleeping area or bedroom. Um, They should be placed at the highest point on each level. So if you have an arched ceiling, for example, you want to make sure that it's right up at the top. That's because smoke gathers there. There was a tragic fire, a cottage fire, just before Christmas last year. A family of four from the Toronto area died, and the fire marshal said one of the main reasons or one of the contributing factors was the fact that their smoke alarm was not placed properly. So rather than being at the top of that arched ceiling where all the smoke gathers is a little bit lower. So by the time that smoke alarm had gone off, it was too late, and the family died because of that. Why are, why are they not there? Because you'd think in, in these houses, most of them would have at, at some point maybe had a smoke alarm. Are people taking them out? Are they taking batteries out of them? I mean, some of them are wired, hard, uh, you know, hardwired right now right into the electrical system in the house. And it, it's almost you figure, well, it's going to be there whether you like it or not. But apparently, no, if you want to disarm this thing, I guess you can. Well, I think uh, if, you con- if you consider that kitchen uh, fires are one of the leading causes of, of fatalities, you need to look at this. So how many people out there, how many people listening, how many people uh, in Ontario have, have been cooking, but making toast maybe, and their, and their smoke alarm goes off? What do you do? You shut it off. Maybe it happens more than once, twice, three, four times. You remove the batteries. Then you don't put them back in. Well, the next time it might not be a piece of toast. It might be something far more serious. And because you've removed that smoke alarm, you and all your family members, your children, uh, grandparents, parents, you can be at risk. If you're in that home and there's no smoke alarm, you can die. And so, you know, it may be annoying, uh, but, uh, you know, dying as a result of a fire is far more annoying. <laughs> so that, that's not uh, pleasant, and I think people need to be conscious of that. I think if people were being honest, uh, a lot of people would admit to the fact that, yeah, we've done that from time to time. You know, something overheated, the toast burnt, you know, I forgot to check on the roast, whatever, you know, any number of different things. And the next thing you know, this thing starts beeping and it drives you crazy. You start waving the dish towel at it. That doesn't work. <laughs> the next thing you know, you're up on the stool and you're taking the batteries out. Uh, and then you forget about it, right? You enjoy the yeah. meal, you do the dishes, it's the next day you're going on. And, and, oh, there's that thing sitting over there on the table. You forget to put it back in. It, it happens, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, we, we talked to a number of fire chiefs. We talked to a number of, uh, to the fire marshal, to people that have been involved in these incidents. Almost universally, the, the, the sentiment is that people just think, they don't think it will ever happen to them. They think, no, not in my home. It won't happen here. Because that, that's human nature, I suppose. But uh, unfortunately, it does. And, uh, I mean, 44% of uh, fatal house fires in Ontario happen at night. So they happen over in, in between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. When you're asleep, when you're not aware, when, when, when everyone's home. 
Um, so, like, these are when fires start and when you're kind of least prepared to deal with them. So you need to have adequate uh, escape plans. You need to practice those things. You need to know who's responsible for grandma, who's responsible for the baby, who's responsible for, for people who can't make it out of the home on their own. Uh, and y- you need to make sure that you have these smoke alarms. They're a last line of defense against the unthinkable, against tragedy. What we're have to take some ownership on this too. I think we as individuals, though, Brian, and I know you talk about that with the report. Uh, you know, we're we're guilty of, as a society of distracted driving, we're distracted walking, so many other things. I mean, we're busy texting, we're busy on our phones talking to people, and I, I guess to a certain extent, we're probably guilty of distracted cooking. Uh, because, you know, you're right, we'll put something in uh, or put a pot on, uh, in the case of the, the family that you referenced in your, in your story, uh, a pot of oil there, whether you want to, whatever it is that you're cooking, and you get busy. The phone rings, you start texting with somebody, and you don't pay attention to what's going on. Or you walk into another room now, because let's face it, those, uh, those, those devices are, are portable. You can go from one room to the other, you can go upstairs, downstairs, anything else, and you forget about stuff. We, we have to be a little more cognizant about what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. There's so I mean it's a shared responsibility, right? So uh depending on whether you're a homeowner or whether you're a a renter. So ultimately the responsibility if let's say you're a renter, which was the case in the the LeBlanc family uh in their home, uh, the landlord is ultimately responsible for installing and maintaining functioning smoke alarms. However, uh, as somebody who lives in that home, you have a responsibility too, uh not just yourself but legally you need to check those alarms you need to uh, notify your landlord if there's a problem if your landlord isn't doing anything about it you have a right to complain to your fire department to the fire marshal's office to any one of these people and they can then come in and 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 make that uh, uh, force the landlord to install those new alarms so there is a, a degree of shared responsibility and some of the fire chiefs we've talked to, uh, they want to see the province do more, too. They want to see more advertising. They want to see more messaging. They want to see help for smaller communities. What, what about the role of, of the people like fire departments and things of this nature? I, I can remember when I was a kid, I mean, once or twice a year, you'd see these guys in the neighborhood, and they'd be knocking on doors. Yeah, we want to have a look and see what your furnace looks like, and they'd always check for these. Now, I, I don't even know if that happens anymore. I, it, I don't see it myself, and I understand there's a cost to all that sort of thing, and, and communities and municipalities are much more cost-conscious maybe than they were back in those days. But uh, is, is the onus now on, the, as you say, the renter and the homeowner to be responsible for this and not so much other people? Well, I, like I say, it's a bit of a shared responsibility. So in, in, in Hamilton, they've actually started a home safety fire prevention program, uh, uh, largely as a result of that uh, the, the, the high number of tragedies that uh, the city had last year. So uh, Hamilton Fire Department is going from door to door, checking uh, and going into people's okay. homes and, and, and doing that. Uh, they've, I believe they've knocked on about 11,000 doors in, in the community. Um, and that's what exactly what they're doing. And one of the main reasons is because uh, two-thirds of all fire fatalities, uh, uh, sorry, fatal fires in Ontario happen in homes without functioning smoke alarms. And so fire departments across the province are really concerned by that. Fire chiefs are frustrated. They're tired of that. They want to see more uh, more homes in their communities compliant, uh, particularly lower-income uh, neighborhoods. Uh, so this happens in all sorts of uh, all sorts of cities across uh, the province, where it's a lot of renters, uh, a lot of people that uh, don't necessarily have the financial means and don't have the wherewithal to to necessarily challenge landlords and those sorts of things. So I think fire departments are being far more 
engaged in making sure those homes are uh, are actually compliant with the law and uh, you know hope in the hope that they can save somebody's life in the event of a fire and there's always this expectation uh, that hey i you know if something happens I'll, I'll have lots of time to get out but you talk about this in your story and, and the numbers here are staggering i know you referenced it briefly earlier in, the, in our conversation that because of the materials that the, in the house is built with and the stuff that we have, whether it's the stuff that our, our furniture is made from or whatever else, it's almost it's almost like the the the, uh, the industrial fires, you know, and, and fire departments are always concerned about, okay, what's what are they storing in that, that factory over there? Because if that ever catches fire, we're going to need to know exactly how to deal with it and what we're dealing with and what kind of toxic substances are like that. Mm-hmm. Our houses are like that now too, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They, well, they are. And I mean, think about it. What in your home isn't made of plastics or synthetics? That's the better, that's maybe the better question, right? Like almost everything is. And also newer constructions have issues too with, uh, uh, the type of, the way that floors are constructed and those sorts of things. So in the, in the old days, firefighters could just rush right in. They knew that there was solid beam foundation underneath every floor, but nowadays that's not the way that homes are constructed. So it's far more dangerous for firefighters to even go into a home uh, to save you. And the time that you have to escape is not what you think. Everyone thinks, oh, I've got plenty of time. I'll jump out that window or I know exactly what I'll do in the case in the event of a fire. But uh, if you, A, don't have smoke alarms and B, uh, the floor below you is raging with flames and toxic smoke, uh, the odds of you getting out are, are much slimmer. And, and that's what happened in the LeBlanc family case, where uh, the 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 the, fa- the family members that did die were sleeping on the third floor of the home. Um, they woke up. The fire was already uh, in full flight, and uh, some of the family members escaped, but uh, some didn't. And and you know that's due to the fact that uh, these fires spread so quickly. Well, what was that statute mentioned in your story, Brian? That uh, is it eight times faster houses today that are mm-hmm. constructed today mm-hmm. burn eight times faster than they used to. Yeah, that's a, so. There are studies that are showing, and they, these are these are studies that are uh, cited by the uh, Ontario Fire Marshal as well, saying that uh, today home house fires burn up to eight times faster than they did 50 years ago. And like I say, that's largely due to the like you know 50 years ago, everything in your home was handmade. Basically, everything was made of wood. It was made of like materials from the earth. Uh, uh, those things burn slowly. They 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 take time to burn. They're solid. Uh, they're not made of uh, petroleum-based uh, materials like most things are today. Uh, you know, petroleum is what you put in your car uh, because it burns and it makes your vehicle move. It's also in your TVs. It's in your bed frames. It's in your mattresses. It's in your phones. It's in your uh, kitchen appliances. It's in your countertops. It's on the floors. It's on your walls. Petroleum products are everywhere in our homes, and uh, they burn fast. So <laughs> it's a sort of a recipe for disaster if you don't have an early warning device. The other element to this that you talk about in the piece, and it's such a, an essential part of this, and I know fire chiefs right across the province have mentioned this, is, as you mentioned, have an escape plan. Uh, it's one thing, even if you have the smoke alarms, uh, to go over this and say, if this should happen, uh, where are you going to go, how are you going to get out? And, and that should apply, I guess, to just about every room in the house. Yep. 
Exactly. So have an escape plan. Know your route. Know the easiest way out, the best way out. Have an alternate route. Uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the other big things is make sure you know who's responsible for somebody uh, that can't get out of the home on their own. So that might be somebody, an elderly person, grandma, grandpa, that might be a child, right, an infant toddler, uh, whatever that might be. So know, like, just know, like, instinctively when you wake up and this is happening that uh, you're responsible for this person. Um, and, and that way uh, there's not this mad panic where you lose 15 seconds uh, thinking about who's doing what. And that 15 seconds could be the difference between surviving a fire and dying. It's a, a very insightful and eye-opening piece. Uh, you can check it out on the Global News site. Uh, it's called Fire Killed a Hamilton Man's Family but a $30 smoke alarm could have saved their lives. Brian Hill, uh, the associate producer that uh, did all the legwork on this. Brian, thank you so much for the time and for the great piece. I uh, appreciate the time. Thanks very much. I appreciate it, too. And uh, go check your smoke alarms. You betcha. Let's stay safe. Thanks again, Brian. Uh, we'll uh, do a short time out. Uh, very timely, obviously, with Christmas coming up and all the stuff that you've got, extra decorations and uh, leaving lights on and things of that nature. I understand they're LED lights, but things still do get warm. And by the way, we didn't even talk about... Uh, carbon monoxide detectors, which are also part of the, the discussion when we start talking about how safety in our homes. That's got to be something that we need to talk about as well when you're looking at public safety and uh, the safety of your families. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.